0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Sadiq. I'm here with Joe. Just kidding. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. You, you guys thought I was going to switch it up on you. <laughs> Wait, oh. I'm waking everybody up on this Tuesday like, who? Zach's here. Faraz is here. We're going to go over week nine waiver wire pickups. Um, we have a bunch of pickups for you this week. Not a crazy pickup week, but this is the kind of the week where you, you know, how many teams we have on buy? Six teams on buy this week. Browns, Cowboys, Broncos, Giants, Steelers, 49ers. That's a lot of players. So we're going to have to, like, get a little creative this week, you know, put some guys in a lineup that we never thought of starting before. And uh, that's how we're going to kind of deal with it. You know, hopefully you have a few players that, you know, on your bench that you can kind of, you know, plug in this week while your stars are on by, you know, the Christian McCaffreys and the Saquons and Nick Chubb and Tony Pollard. You know, I consider him a star now. You know what I'm saying? No pun intended there, uh, you know, so we're, we're going to go over all of that and um, hopefully we can get you guys closer to a week nine win. All right, so let's get it popping. Just a couple pieces of quick news before we get into the waiver wire. Cooper Cup is expected to play according to Jordan uh, Rodriguez of the Athletic uh, in week nine. So that's good news. Uh, hopefully he'll be able to suit up. If he doesn't go, I would I would assume that Al Robinson would get more targets. That would be a, yeah. That would be my assumption. I don't know if that's a big assumption or not, but you know, I think he could be played as a wide receiver three.
1: I think he can. I, I think that's 100% fair. And he's actually been coming on a little bit better these past two weeks that he's played. Obviously he had the body in week seven. So it hasn't been the te- past two weeks overall, but in the past two games that he's played, you know, he's been serviceable for fantasy, which is not what he was before. I think that, you know, he's starting to kind of mesh into this offense a little bit more than he was at the beginning of the season. If Cooper cup would miss time, I feel like he might actually be a decent receiver. Um, I, I'm not sure how many people have him. A lot of people dropped him, you know, but he's had two solid weeks now to, you know, put us to shame. We said that it was time to drop Allen Robinson. Um, a lot of people said that, you know, it looked like things weren't going to go well for him, and he's actually turned in two respectable performances in a row. And against guess decent defenses, you know, the Niners aren't any, any joke, and the Panthers weren't either. Uh, they got the Bucks coming up this week. I think that um, if Cooper Cup misses time to Allen Robinson, he might be in line for a pretty decent day. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he got a touchdown. I wouldn't
0: be either. Uh, Rashad Bateman, he's going to be out for a few weeks. So we have Devin DuVernay on here as as one of our waiver wire pickups. Uh, any interest in DeMarcus Robinson? Or are we only really worried about Devin DuVernay
1: here? I'm not too worried about DeMarcus Robinson right now. He's he's He catches a few like nice intermediate passes a game, but it's not really enough to be fantasy relevant. The target share isn't really there. Um, we saw what he did. With Rashad Bateman out before, it wasn't anything that was, you know, jumping off the page. We weren't, he wasn't like a screaming waiver wire ad and he didn't increase his value very much. I don't think it's going to be any different this time around. It's too bad that Rashad Bateman is down again. Um, You know, we we would like to see a little bit more consistency from him, non-injury from him. But, you know, it happens as part of the game. I think that if you're going to target anybody, it's Devin Duvernay. Because throughout the whole season, even though, you know, the targets have come and gone, it seems like Devin Duvernay is a nice, consistent target for Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson uh, throws to him the most. I think of any of the other receivers outside of Rashad Payton.
0: Mark Andrews' shoulder injury isn't considered serious, but you never know. Uh, Isaiah Likely is on our waiver wire list today as well, so he should be picked up. You know, if you know, last week no one started Isaiah Likely because Mark Andrews was active, right? And if he wasn't active, then you would have got a ton of fantasy points because he killed it every time he gets opportunity. He does his thing, and you know he is going to get some more opportunity. You know, even if Mark Andrews doesn't miss, maybe they end up using him a little bit more. Maybe they run some more two tight end sets, uh, you know, with with given the fact that Rashad Bateman's going to be out for a little bit, right? Like, what are they going to do? They have to help Lamar, you know, in some way. Because without Bateman, Lamar Jackson's numbers did go down, and this offense struggled a little bit, you know, yeah, Uh, because they were able to, like, kind of key in on Mark Andrews, even though Mark Andrews was kind of able to do his thing for the most part, regardless. Um, But, yeah, I think Isaiah likely should be picked up, um, even if we know... You know, you know, once like like let's say Mark Andrews gets a full practice like on Thursday, I might hold on to him just to see how, how they deploy him. You know, if I if I have the roster space.
1: Yeah, with with Isaiah Likely, you know, I I call him like the one tight end handcuff in the league. You know, because it's not really often. You know, a tight end goes down, the guy that's replacing him has um the type of upside that Isaiah Likely has. That's the case. Isaiah Likely is really just a wide receiver in a tight end's frame. Um, he's a very good pass catcher. He's very athletic, and especially after the catch and. I think you hit on that in the rookie kit, you know, coming out. That was one of the things that jumped out to you was the athleticism that he had. Um, with Mark Andrews, you know, being banged up a little bit, I wouldn't be surprised. And Rashad Bateman being banged up. I wouldn't be surprised if Isaiah Likely got a few more looks in the passing game if he was on the field more running some routes. Because at this point, who else are you going to throw to outside of Mark Andrews? We know, we just said about Devin Duvernay, he's not so much a talent as he is just, you know, a receiver to throw to. <laughs> um, you got to throw to somebody and he's on the field, he's your – de facto wide receiver one right now. I mean, I mean, DeMarcus Robinson, I I haven't been very encouraged by the way he plays. We just talked about that a little bit. But um, I think if anybody's going to, you know, kind of break out from this Rashad Bateman injury, I I would probably say it's going to be as likely if they use him more in, like you said, the two tight end sets.
0: I would say so. All right, let's go get right into our waiver wire pickups. At number one, we have Rondell Moore. Yeah. Rondell Moore's been on this waiver wire pickup List for a week. while now. uh, And I think now people are, people are like, all right, fine. Fine. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Fine. I'll pick him up.
1: <laughs> now I'm, that, that he had about a good that week.
0: Yeah. Now that he had a good week, you know, listen, like Rondell Moore, you know, all he needed was some more snaps in the slot, you know, especially with DeAndre Hopkins back now. You know, it's he's at the point where, like, he's going to continue to get targets out of the slot with, with, with DeAndre Hopkins playing on that left side uh so now that he was on that left side and he was able to I mean now that Hopkins came back and he played primarily on the perimeter Rondell Moore didn't have to by the way AJ Green like kind of got his job back (laughs) for some reason I guess you know Robbie Anderson didn't play much at all in this game uh AJ Green was 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 the guy um on that right side so Rondell Moore ended up with a 20% target share this week uh and Hopkins had a 32% target share so this is more of what we should expect you know so like eight targets and two carries for Rondell Moore this past week is exactly what you want to see in full ppr leagues, he's going to do his thing you saw him break away for a big play last week you know in in broken coverage uh he also was breaking tackles as well on other plays too so so for some decent gains so that's the reason why he's been on this waiver wire pickup list for a while is because of that okay yeah and um he's going to continue to do his thing so he should probably be uh rostered at this point and i'm hoping that after this week he's over like 65 <laughs> yeah rostered in, in most leagues that's what i would say
1: right now on sleeper he's only 51 percent rostered and that's down 17 apparently from i guess it's this time last week or whatever it was but it's it says yeah because is on down. thursday night yeah
0: uh, on th- remember on thursday night like he didn't put up a big game at all he only had a couple points he had that one big catch and that was it
1: Right. That was at the beginning of the game. And we talked about that, that he just disappeared. He had that big game. It looked like he was going to go off and then he didn't. But it also probably has to do with DeAndre Hopkins coming back. But it looks like he's going to be able to produce regardless of whether who, who who is lining up opposite of him on the other side of the field. Like DeAndre Hopkins, you know, he's obviously a very good receiver and he's, you know, come back and got some massive target share in these two games that he's played. But, you know, it can't all go to DeAndre Hopkins. Round Moore, more, we kind of had him pink. Picked out as the guy, you know, be getting those targets to complement the DeAndre Hopkins and the Marquise Brown. Rondo Moore, right now, he's benefiting a lot from Marquise Brown being out. I think once DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Brown are out on the field together, you know, hopefully that happens soon. We might see Rondo Moore slip a little bit, but right now, you know, he's the wide receiver too, and he's proven to be dynamic. And when they use him how they're supposed to in the slot, like they did last week, he said he was about 50% of his routes were in the slot, you know, he looks a lot better than he does, you know, running on the outside like he did two weeks ago on Thursday night.
0: Yeah, exactly. And he was primarily on the outside for some reason, uh, two weeks ago. So I wouldn't worry about that too much moving forward. The good thing is too that. Okay, sure. Like it's only 50% of his routes in the slot. You want it to be more, but the good thing is that at least he's not leaving the field. So when Mm -hmm. they did go to two wide receiver sets, he moved to the outside rather than coming off the field. So I guess that's better than, you know, not doing that. So like, I think for most weeks when Robbie Anderson starts getting, you know, more involved, I think they're going to start running more three and four wide receiver sets and not two wide receiver sets, which they did a little bit of last week, a little bit more than they, they, they normally do. So at some point, I expect more to run most of his routes uh, out of the slot. Okay. Right. Moving on, Gus Edwards is dealing with a, a slight hamstring strain, according to John Harbaugh. So Kenyon Drake, I have him here at number two. The reason why I have him here at number two is because he's probably the only uh, running back that you can – Pick up off of waivers and probably start and have it and let have him have a decent day, right? Yeah. Um, so Kenyon Drake, you can pick him up, just start him with you know fairly good confidence. I I would imagine that Justice Hill is going to be pretty involved, even though we don't want him to be, that's yeah. just how these Ravens operate. Uh, but I would pick him up, um, and I think he would be a solid play this week as a you know, I would say like a low end RB2, borderline RB2, if that.
1: Yeah, I'd say borderline RB2 is where I'd have Kenyon Drake, you know, I, I don't. I'm not a big fan of Kenyon Drake as a player. You know, he, he's, he's, a, he's pretty talented, but you know, like we talked about a couple episodes ago, you know, he's on or he's off and there's no in between. So you're either getting a, a good day from him or nothing from him. Um, I think in this Ravens backfield, you can count on a running back to rush for a touchdown. You know, that's just the way this offense works. they run first offense. And whoever is taking the bulk of the carries is going to be relatively fantasy relevant. We've seen that. J.K. Dobbins, you know, had that two touchdown day. And then Kenyon Drake had a good day. And then Gus Edwards had a good day. It says whoever has, you know, the keys to the what's called backfield, you know, for the majority of the snaps is going to produce well. It, it's looking like it's going to be Kenyon Drake. If Gus Edwards doesn't play, I wouldn't um, count too much on Justice Hill, you know, taking too much work. From Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake will have enough work that he'll be at least fantasy relevant and viable for you this week, especially with a couple of RBs out on bye. So I think that Kenyon Drake, borderline RB2 right now. Um, I, I don't see his ceiling being much higher than that. His floor is relatively low, but in a pinch, he, he can get it done for you.
0: Yeah, during the bye weeks, he would be a blessing to grab him if you need a running back. Yeah. Kyron Williams at number three here. This is not a short-term guy. This is not somebody that I'll be plugging in my lineup this week. Mm-hmm. But You know, when he does come back, I would assume that he's going to be a big part of this backfield. We saw what this backfield looked like last week on the Rams. Like, there is no clear guy, unfortunately. Okay, if you had Daryl Henderson, you were like, all right. Well, we have Cam Akers out the way. Daryl Henderson, RB1 season, (laughs) RB1 season, but no.
1: No. Ronnie (laughs) Rivers.
0: Only 41% of the snaps. For Darrell Henderson, he was out touched by Ronnie Rivers or out opportunity, opportunity by Ronnie Rivers. Ronnie Rivers had 12 opportunities in this game, eight carries, four targets, and Henderson only had six total opportunities. Malcolm Brown was the one who was getting the goal line carries and the goal line snaps. So not great. Okay. So when no. Karen Williams comes off of IR, uh by the way, he was um activated off of ir right so that means that he's in his 21 day practice window right now and the ravens can activate him and at any point over the next week or two okay so he's somebody that i want to stash right now because when he does come back it's very possible that he's plugged right in as maybe the best running back in this backfield that is his ceiling. yeah
1: yeah, a couple of weeks ago, we would have said that there's no way there's room for a Kyron Williams in this backfield. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Cam Akers wasn't on the trade block and he wasn't disgruntled. Daryl Henderson was doing his thing. He was actually taking work from Cam Akers that we thought Cam Akers should be getting. Now, this backfield's completely wide open. There's no clear RB1 in this backfield, even though I think Daryl Henderson has the talent to be that. You know, it doesn't seem like the Rams are content with giving him that. Why is Malcolm Brown getting goal line carries? We don't know there's no fancy um, relevant workload here for any type of running back that you can trust week to week. If someone's going to step in like Kyron Williams, a guy that we've seen is pretty talented. He's going to come in and have a shot to, you know, garner some touches. I think that we should put our chips in on him. Then the guys that have had the ball so far, they haven't done much. Daryl Henderson. He's been really quiet. Malcolm Brown. He came out of nowhere. I don't think that's going to continue. And Ronnie rivers, you know, it was cool. He has a cool name, but that's about all he has going for him. I wouldn't, cons- I wouldn't um, count on him holding down the fort in this Rams backfield. I, I-, I think Kyron Williams will give you your best chance if you're going to target anybody in this backfield to get you some fantasy points.
0: We have Rashad White here at number four, way, way, way under rostered. Yeah. Like 30% rostered <laughs> on some platforms. Are you guys kidding
1: me? Once again, Come on. have we learned nothing? Come on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> have you learned nothing? You know, I- I, I would assume most of the listeners here and everyone in this community is probably rostered, rush out wide. So maybe yeah. I'm preaching to the choir. It's very possible. Like, yeah. like everyone who's listening to this, like guys, I have him rostered. I promise. Oh, I hear you. <laughs> Send you're us your screenshots.
1: Good. We need to see this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, you know, he's also a long-term hold, right? He's not somebody that I'm picking up to start. Um, you can start him if you're like really desperate. There's nobody backs in the wire. You're like, all right, well, let's hope. You know, this is the Tampa Bay, you know, offense where Tom Bree likes to check it down to his running back. So, you know what, let me – he did have more receptions than uh, Leonard Fournette this, this past week. So, he's like, you know what, let me throw him out there. Maybe he gets a couple of catches and gives me like, you know, seven, eight points in a PPR league, yeah. right? Like, just to give me a little, couple of points. But um, this is really a pickup where he's one of the best stashes in a league-winning pickup, uh, you know, a league-winning player if Leonard Fournette were to go down. Um, He's been looking good. So, there is a chance that, you know, the – the distribution of of snaps and touches kind of gets a little bit closer. It is possible because this offense needs a spark uh, yeah. right now. Like they're not looking amazing, so Rashad White could be that guy. He's just somebody that you know ticking time bomb type of player that you should you should have in your bench period.
1: Yeah, no, no question about that. It looks like on Sleeper, he's up to 47% roster. So it's moving just a little bit. We're influencing it just a little bit. But with Rashad White, like you said, he's a ticking time bomb if anything would happen in Leonard Fournette. And I don't even know, maybe in these next couple of weeks, if the Bucks continue to struggle, you know, like you said, the Buccaneers offense needs a spark. Change can often bring that about. And that would be Rashad White, you know, kind of stepping in and being more involved in this offense. If there's one guy that they're underutilizing right now that could cont- contribute, even with Leonard Fournette in the backfield, I think it's Rashad White. Um, if they can get him involved in the passing game in these next few weeks, as it gets down to crunch time, right now it's really crunch time for the Bucks because they're three and five. Is that right? They're three and four, and they need to do some winning. They need to do some producing on offense, which they haven't been able to do in these past few weeks. Um, if Rashad White would happen to get some more touches, you know, you, you'll be kicking yourself if you don't have him on your team right now.
0: Yes, sir. That's right. Justin Fields, I have at number five here. Why are we picking up Justin Fields? Is he at the point where? We could be starting him in our lineups as a QB1.
1: He is 100% at the point where you could be starting him as a QB1, you know, especially with a lot, six quarterbacks on bye. Like we said, you know, six teams. And not just because of the bye weeks that we, it's not just because of the bye weeks that we should be starting Justin Fields. Justin Fields is looking like the dual threat that we wanted him to be. He has the run game working for him. He can lean on Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery, which makes things easier for him to be efficient as a passer, which we saw last week. He had two touchdowns. He's not turning the ball over. He had a rushing touchdown. He's looking like now premium Daniel Jones. <laughs> you know, he's just a little bit better as a passer right now in this offense, it seems like, um, than Daniel Jones is in his. And he has the rushing upside, I'd argue a little bit more. I, I think that Justin Fields should be starting in lineups, you know, until further notice. He's had three straight, very good fantasy performances, especially in an offense that, you know, wasn't looking too good um the past the first few weeks but these past few weeks has come on they've figured out how to m- make the most of Justin Fields skill set um if this continues you know he's torn up two very good defenses in the Patriots and and the Cowboys so he's got a, a pretty good matchup this week I think coming up I forget who the Bears play exactly they play they play Miami oh yeah that'll be a high scoring game so <laughs> I, I would trust Justin Fields as a QB1 this week without it without a doubt it looks like he's getting it together um bye-bye Ohio State quarterback curse I think Justin Fields He's looked like the best second year quarterback this season. If he's not on a roster, I pick him up immediately.
0: Justin Fields is somebody that you can pick up right now. um, And, you know, hope for finally hope for, hope for that upside that we've been hoping for from him as soon as he was drafted. Right. We knew he was a dual threat. Um, You know, his accuracy coming into the league was one of the best, but then he had accuracy issues, you know, um, you know, lately. So, you know he's getting better at that, and that's part of the reason why we have Darnold Mooney at number six here. Uh, but real quick, Michael in the chat is asking if we we could drop Brady for for Justin Fields at this point. Uh, he already has Tua. He has he has a a quarterback that he's starting right now that he could kind of depend on with some weapons. But for me, the answer to this question is definitely yes because I don't think Brady provides the type of upside that Fields provides at this point. Um, so I'm I'm easily doing that personally.
1: A million times, yes, we're going to do that, 100%. This is rushing upside with Justin Fields is ridiculous compared to, you know, Tom Brady. And usually you'd say, okay, Tom Brady, it feels wrong because of the name value that Tom Brady has. You know, we know that he could be a good fantasy quarterback. In the past two years in Tampa, he's been very good, but this year it's just not coming together. Um, It looks like Justin Fields, I'd take the rushing upside of Justin Fields than the floor of Tom Brady anyway. And that's the way you should really be playing fantasy. You know, you want to shoot for upside over a floor. Um, it obviously it depends team to team situation to situation. It can change. But if you have Tua as your one quarterback and, you know, Brady's just sitting on your bench, you have more value with Justin Fields, um you know, th- with Justin Fields on your bench than Brady, because Brady just has not been playing well. And Fields is, you know, on the come up right now. I think that he could continue to show out like he's been
0: i agree uh Devin duvernay and isaiah likely we have them at seven and eight likely at seven duvernay at eight um you know there's there's some banged up receivers for the ravens right now we don't know if rashad we know that rashad baby is not going to be playing for the next couple of weeks so you know duvernay yeah. probably the more you know for firm ad but i have likely likely here above him just because he has way more upside right he's the guy mm-hmm. that you can plug in Probably give you like a top two or three week at the tight end position if Mark Andrews was out, and I feel like that could potentially buy you a win, right? So, yeah, if if you you know if you had to choose between these two guys, like, are you just shooting for the upside with Isaiah Likely?
1: Yeah, I'm going with Isaiah Likely. It's not just the upside with Isaiah Likely, but it's the positional value that Isaiah Likely has over Devin Duvernay. Yes, Devin Duvernay, you know he can he might be a safer pick you know, in terms of just fancy production overall. But where he's producing on, in your lineup is going to make a difference. Devin Duvernay, he's probably going to be a flex or a wide receiver three, you know, in your lineup. I'm not trusting him to be, you know, much more than that unless he scores a touchdown. He has wide receiver two upside each week, but I don't I don't think he's going to reach that, you know, each and every week, even with Rashad Bateman out. Isaiah Likely at tight end, there's nobody at tight end outside of the top four or five. So if you could get some sort of positional advantage there, you know, he's going to be much better start for you than a guy like maybe will disley you might be holding on to him if you don't have um any of the top guys even you know i don't want to say kyle pitts because he's done pretty well but i might be a little bit more confident with isaiah likely than kyle pitts um you know moving forward because at the tight end position there's there's just not much i think that Isaiah likely affords you a positional advantage that you don't have so you pick up Devin duvernay and start him in your flex it's very it's nuanced you know it's it's kind of a technicality and and a little bit digging deep but I, i would go with isaiah likely
0: I have Jalen Warren here at number nine. Uh, The Steelers are on a bye this week. Otherwise, he'll be a little higher for me. Jalen Warren, you know, he's been looking good this season, right? Najee Harris has been looking absolutely terrible. So at some point, I have a feeling that they're going to make a running back switch. I don't know. I just have a feeling here because it's not like Najee is just doing Zeke things. He's looking worse, way worse. Okay. Like he's not, he's not Zeke. He is bad. Okay, he just looks
1: confused with the ball in his hands sometimes.
0: Yeah, and he's just not looking good. And whatever the reason is, injury, non-injury, whatever, it doesn't matter because you have a running back behind him who is absolutely doing doing his thing right with every touch that he gets. He's gaining positive yardage. He's doing his thing in the passing game. Uh, You know, he came in in relief of him late in that game last week, and he was able to do his thing. So, at some point. I have a feeling that Mike Tomlin's going to make the switch from Najee Harris to Jalen Warren.
1: Yeah, I feel like you have to at this point. You know, we've seen Najee Harris and we talked about inefficiency, but it's no longer inefficiency. It's just incapability. You know, it doesn't seem like he's doing anything, you know, valuable with his touches and and Jalen Warren, you know, is breathing down his neck. Like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a few more snaps. I don't know if you saw. There's a one meme that they put out. It's Najee Harris with the ball in his hands. It's a picture of Paul Blart on his, you know, scooter thing. He just, <laughs> he doesn't go anywhere. He just spins around and falls over. Oh, man. Like that, I felt that, you know, especially as a guy that was touting Najee Harris, you know, that he was one of the safer picks. And the offense just is not good in Pittsburgh, but this goes beyond just a bad offense and a bad team. You know, we've seen Christian McCaffrey do things, and obviously it's hard to compare Christian McCaffrey to Najee Harris. We've seen running backs do their things on bad offenses. And this is just Najee Harris, you know, really just adding to the problems that Pittsburgh has. Um, I'm not even sure he's – he's not an RB2 start anymore. He's like an RB3 start. I, I, the only time I have really considered starting him is at flex, and he doesn't have much upside. Um, he is just, you know, good for 9, 10 points, and that's about it. And then I think the floor might even be a little bit lower than that. Najee has had one of the biggest fall-offs, and Jalen Warren, you know, if he's not on a roster, you know, he could be moving up quick. I don't think Najee's going to get traded or anything, but a bench, you know, he could soon be riding the bench a little bit more than Jalen Warren. I haven't had Najee ranked in my
0: top 30 in like three weeks or whatever. I think it's been longer than that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, because he's just not looking good. He's not looking good. So stash Jalen Ward now, while you can, before the switch is made, he should be on your roster already. Okay. This is a situation to take advantage of. Okay. Wanda Robinson at number 10 here. He didn't have a great game,
1: no. this past week the, it's hard to sugarcoat that one <laughs> the pause it's like yeah we want rondo wando robinson but it's just like you're like he didn't have a great game it's like no he didn't but but but
0: we should still be picking up up right
1: yeah 100 there's no question i mean he's clearly the wide receiver one in that offense i mean darius slayton's come on a little bit a little bit but i like wando robinson's talent profile a lot more than darius slayton slayton's just just a guy in my opinion i don't know i know we throw that term around loosely Slayton's just a guy, in my opinion, I think wander Robinson is ultimately going to take over uh, the passing work, um, the majority of the targets. But it was just a bad week last week. They got crushed by the Seahawks, you know, um, a little bit coming down to earth party for the Giants. But I, I think that Wanda Robinson, he'll he'll be a nice add for you uh, moving forward if you didn't pick him up already. As long as he's healthy, you know, there's no reason to not have him on the roster.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I, you know, it's one of those things where he didn't have a good week, but he's still the number one you know, target most likely. Darius Slayton was able to do a little bit more than Wandale, but Wandale, you know, he's running out of the slot on every on every play. Um, this is a uncharacteristically low, you know, output for him, right? Yeah. Like given the given how much he was targeted on a per route basis uh over the previous two weeks. So I'm not sweating it too much over Wandale. Like I'm I'm still picking him up if he's available in your league.
1: Right. And there's no reason not to, like we said. The one thing I would warn though you know, if you have Wando Robinson, obviously we'll know more about his situation at the end of the day today is the Giants are supposedly in the mix for a couple of receivers. Um, Jerry Judy's been linked to the Giants. Brandon Cooks has been linked to the Giants. So there's a couple of teams that could make a move for a receiver. Um, I'm not too sure I'd, you know, take my hands off Wando Robinson, even if they do, because that might just free up coverage. And, you know, Wando Robinson could, could, Robinson could do better, you know, operating out of the slot with a better perimeter target on the outside.
0: All right, so let's move on to number eleven here. Uh, we have Chuba Hubbard at number eleven. He should be back this week. He said himself that he's expect he expects himself to be back, um, you know, from a minor minor ankle injury. We'll see what his practice status is, but you know, you gotta assume that Deontay Foreman, with the way that he played last week, is gonna be have the upper hand in this backfield between these two guys. They said they were going to have a hot hand approach, and Deontay Foreman took advantage of his of his uh of his touches. Right, he yeah. took advantage of it this past week. And he took advantage of it the previous week after Chuba Hubbard got hurt, where he had a bunch of big gains, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's no way that I see that they go back to Chuba Hubbard and say, like, okay, here, take a majority of the touches in this backfield, mm-hmm. you know, in week nine. No, I, I don't see that at all. I see Chuba Hubbard playing the passing down role. I do see that because Deontay Foreman did not play that role this past week, right. but they didn't have, you know, he didn't need to because they didn't have too many of those uh those type of downs, uh, you know, otherwise he wouldn't have seen as big of a snap share as he did this past week. So I All expect right. the snap share to go down for Deontay Foreman. Uh, but Chuba Hubbard's worth a pickup to see what that snap share looks like.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good way to analyze it with Chuba Hubbard and Deontay Foreman. I said, I think they're both pretty talented in their own right. They're very similar in terms of their talent. And I think they're going to be able to produce regardless of what their workload is. Um, it is going to be more split. If they're talking about riding the hot hand, Deontay Foreman's hands right now are melting. You know, he had a really good game last week. And he did he did his thing, you know, with Chuba Hubbard on the field. You know, well, it wasn't so much with chuba Hubbard on the field, but in relief of chuba Hubbard, you know, it seems like Chuba Hubbard was the guy um, two weeks ago. But he did his thing even in that game. He's very good at carrying the ball. He had the hat trick last week. There's no way that he doesn't earn a few more reps, you know, moving forward. Chuba Hubbard can be a good pickup for you anyway, though. You know, maybe you could... I don't want to say you could buy or sell Deonta Foreman. You might be able to sell Deonta Foreman high. I'm not sure. We, we'll we talk about that tomorrow maybe. But um, Chuba Hubbard's a guy that if he's sitting on the waivers, I'd pick him up because he should be able to get some work regardless in this offense. He's been in Carolina a little bit, and he did his thing with Christian McCaffrey out before Deonta Foreman was even a thought You know these past few seasons. So um, I wouldn't count, count out Chuba Hubbard. I think he's a good pickup.
0: All right, moving on to number 12. We have Romeo Dubs here. Romeo Dubs, you know, he was in the doghouse a little bit with Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah. Christian Watson started the game ahead of Romeo Dubs. It was Christian Watson and Sammy Watkins starting the game, okay? That has to be a direct reflection of Aaron Rodgers' feelings, right, going into this (laughs) week. However, he redeemed himself big time with Mm -hmm. that amazing touchdown catch, right? That was a really, really nice catch. Like, it looked... It was a lot harder than it looked, Yeah. right? Uh, but he he made a big play, and I think you know Aaron Rodgers was like smiling and laughing after that one. Like you can tell how Aaron, Aaron Rodgers wears his emotions like on his face at all times, right? Hundred like, percent. <laughs> he and, has no poker when, face. You no, know, and when Romeo Dubs caught that ball, he's like, "Ooh, baby, that's what I'm talking about." All that shit that I talked this week, it, it you <laughs> know it helped, and and listen, it did, man. You know it mm-hmm. did, and Romeo Dubs came through, um, you know, as their leading receiver. So. He should be picked up. Christian Watson has a concussion right now. you know, And the re- that's part of the reason why Romeo Dubs got so much playing time is because of Watson's concussion, it, apparently, right? Because Watson did start the game. So yeah, Watson caught a ball right at the start of the game, got concussed. Hopefully he'll be all right, uh, but he might miss this week, right? And if he misses mm-hmm. this week, you can plug in Romeo Dubs um, right into your lineup as I would say low-end wide receiver three.
1: Yeah, that's where I'd put Romeo Dubs, but it is good to see that you know Aaron Rodgers that touchdown pass I think did you know instill a little bit more confidence in Rodgers in Dubs again you know to kind of getting that chemistry back together. Um, even though the Packers lost the game, you know I think this was a much better outing for the offense overall because the receivers were catching the ball. You know it wasn't just the Aaron Jones show in the passing game, which it it seems like you know it, I didn't expect the Packers to win this game, but I, I think that the offense. Did themselves a lot of favors in this game by looking just competent against a very good Bills defense. You know, I think it could get a lot better moving forward. Aaron Rodgers, he's still a good quarterback. You know, you said he wears his emotions on his face. He was talking crap about Romeo Dubs this week. I think that's what they said. I heard like a report that they were, he was targeting Romeo Dubs when he said that certain guys need to be, have their snaps cut. Um, Maybe that's the case because maybe that's why Romeo Dubs started, you know, behind Christian Watson. But as long as Christian Watson's out, you know, someone's gotta catch a ball from Aaron Rodgers. I think Romeo Dubs; he'll be a nice hes, he's like a pinch hitter. You know, he'll be—he'll be able to do it for get it done for you. Um, these next few weeks, moving forward, I'm not sure. I—I don't think his upside's exactly what we hoped it would be a couple of weeks ago. You know, when they first started playing and the hype was surrounding his name, but he can get it done. He's serviceable.
0: We have Josh Palmer at number thirteen here now. Mike Williams is going to be out for. A few weeks right Mm -hmm. so what do you think josh palmer's role is going to be while he's
1: out i think he's just he's not going to be the talent obviously that mike williams is but he's going to step right into that workload you know we talked about josh palmer being a guy that you could add with keenan allen out and then mike williams was starting alongside him now keenan allen's supposed to be back right this week so that's the hope yeah yeah the hope i mean that's been the hope the past few weeks that he should be back but He's coming off the bye. I think Keenan Allen's going to be back and Josh Palmer should be able to operate as a nice wide receiver too. Um, to Keenan Allen's wide receiver 1 in this offense. Hopefully the bye week does some work some wonders for Justin Justin Herbert and the offense looks a little bit better than it has been. It's not just the Austin Eckler show cuz he's been doing all the work for the offense. He's been doing a heavy lifting, which isn't a problem. You know, we like to see Austin Eckler do his thing, but if we need to get somebody involved, I think it's going to be Josh Palmer in the Chargers offense and he could have a nice floor for you. Um, this next, these next few weeks, uh, assuming Mike Williams is going to be out that long. We're not sure how long he's going to be out. I don't think exactly, but, um, you know, as long as he's out, Josh Palmer should be uh, a pretty good start for you moving forward.
0: Well, you know, they said that that he's going to be out for at least four weeks. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if they were including the bye week or not. Uh, but you know, it could be longer, right? It could, it could linger more. Like if they're already declaring this high ankle sprain as a four week injury, it could be more than that. Right. That's and I wouldn't be thinking. surprised if it was. Yeah. Uh so Josh Palmer right now could be somebody that you pick up and you you start right like right away as a potential wide receiver three. Now the good thing is that he's gonna step into right right into Mike Williams' uh spot, right? Yeah, and that's kind of what, what the hope is there. You know, before what was happening was that when Keenan Allen was out, Mike Williams would be on the field, Josh Palmer would be on the field at the same time on the perimeter. And then you had Jalen Guyton playing the slot in most of these games without Keenan Allen, right? Early yeah. on, it was it was um, Palmer in the slot, and they kind of switched it up. So now the primary perimeter wide receiver is going to be uh was going to be Josh Palmer mm-hmm. instead of Mike Williams. You know what I'm saying? So it's a little bit different now when it, when Keenan Allen was, in, was out of the game. So um, Josh Palmer is going to be playing a different role. He's going to be looked at differently. Right. As that primary outside guy and Austin Eckler said it himself. Uh, he was on, I think he was on reception, the reception perception podcast, uh, you know, from Matt Harmon. By the way, that's a great podcast. You guys should check, check that out. Um, but he was on that podcast and he basically, no, it, it wasn't the reception perception podcast. It was the Yahoo fantasy forecast podcast. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Matt Harmon. He, he has two podcasts. He, he, the guy's an animal. Um yeah. But he said there, he said, hey, listen, who should we pick up, right? And he said, hey, Josh Palmer's the guy. He also said it on Matthew Berry's show as well on um, on, on NBC Sports Edge. Basically saying like, hey, who should we pick up? He said, hey, it's going to be Josh Palmer because he's kind of stepping into Mike Williams' role. Yeah. So um, I think Josh Palmer is definitely somebody that we should be picking up. Maybe maybe we should move him. Maybe the way we're talking about him, I feel like we should yeah. be moving him up a little bit.
1: <laughs> maybe I, I think so you know there's your little insider trading Who would you rather pick it.
0: up this week Josh Palmer or Romeo Dubs
1: Josh Palmer I think I mean How Romeo about, Dubs, or Josh Palmer
0: look? or or Wandel Robinson
1: I, I'd go with Wandel Robinson I think that that's okay. just me just because so it seems
0: like it seems like Romeo Dubs uh, Josh Palmer's in the right spot
1: yeah I, I Who would, would you you rather maybe pick Josh up Palmer Josh Palmer
0: Josh Palmer or Devin Duvernay
1: I think Devin Duvernay because he's like the de facto wide receiver one for the Ravens. You know, obviously it's not an excellent passing volume offense, but um, I think that he has a safer workload than maybe Josh Palmer, even though Josh Palmer is going to be a wide receiver too. And he has Justin Herbert thrown to him. I think Devin Duvernay, you know, he's been getting it done a few weeks this season already. Josh Palmer has been, his ceiling's been relatively limited, but he has a floor where Devin Duvernay, if he scores a touchdown, I think his ceiling's just a bit higher than maybe Josh Palmer.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, we have James Cook here at number fourteen, and you know he's another one. He's another one who we're talking about, like, "Hey, stash this guy." At this point, I think we're we're at that point where we can start stashing James Cook, and that wasn't the case before the buy. Yeah, but now after the buy, so that's we have two straight weeks now of what's his name, Zach. We have two straight weeks now of Zach Moss being inactive. Okay. And mm-hmm. James Cook is the, the primary running back behind Devin Singletary at this point. And he got a little bit of run in this game, right? He played, you know, 25% of snaps, which is his season high. Uh, he had six opportunities. And on those six opportunities, he made it happen, right? Five yeah. carries for 35 yards, one catch for 41 yards, right? So, like, mm-hmm. the dude, this is the reason why we were hiring him coming into the league. And um, he's somebody that at this point, if Devin Singletary were to get hurt, I think James Cook has massive, massive upside. Um, and it seem, it also seems like they're kind of working him into the offense a little bit more, right? right. Now, the Bills have been in talks to potentially trade for a running back, right? We, 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 we heard Christian McCaffrey's name. We heard Antonio Gibson's name. Uh, there was a couple other running backs that we heard, uh, you know, potentially being traded to the Bills, right? Yeah. So if that doesn't happen, I think James Cook, as the season moves on, is going to be start is going to start to be more involved in this offense.
1: Yeah, I will know for sure James Cook's fate, you know, in a few hours. But yeah. I, I think you're right. You know, he flashed that receiving ability that we talked about. You know, coming out that he looked like he was going to be the nice receiving back that the Bills needed, and he was he was good on the ground too. You know, he averaged seven yards of carry, so it wasn't that bad. Um, I, he still needs to get his usage up a little bit for me. I think this is definitely a stash play. You're not going to be able to pick him up and start him. And anytime soon these next few weeks but you know as you get to the fantasy playoffs and you know things tend to change it looks like the bye week did what it needed to do to get James Cook a few more touches um you know they tend to help the rookies like you said about uh was it last week so I think that we can continue to see James Cook's touches go up and just you know him being on the field his snaps could go up too I think Devin Singletary is good but you know it looks like they're moving to more of a two-headed attack Zach Moss like you said inactive the past two weeks um, I never thought he was going to contend much anyway. I was surprised the first few weeks where he was actually still playing over James Cook. I, I think James Cook is in a pretty good spot right now to be a potential contributor to your team um, down the stretch run. Yeah, exactly.
0: And and Isaiah Pacheco, you know, similar sentiments with him. Although if there was an injury somewhere else in that backfield, whether it was CEH or whether it was, uh, it was Jared McKinnon, you know, this still will likely be a, a, a timeshare in, yeah. in that backfield. However, Pacheco, he got the start before the buy. They're going through; they went through the buy, and now those snaps might go up this week. So, if you picked Pacheco up, you you might have been discouraged with the usage. I wasn't expecting a whole lot last week, personally, but moving forward after the buy, we might see that move up a little bit. So I have to stash to see what his usage looks like in week nine.
1: Yeah, there's no reason not to stash Isaiah Pacheco. You know, they called him the starter, was it two weeks ago? Obviously, they were on by last week, but they called yep. him the starter. So that's obviously good news. The workload didn't shift very much, but it shows that they have a little trust in Isaiah Pacheco moving forward. I'm not expecting, a, like you said, we have him as a long-term ad. It's the same situation, like we said, with James Cook. He's not going to contribute for you, like, exactly these next few weeks. But over the stretch run, he has the ability to do that. We'll see how things go because there's really no clear talent in this Chiefs' backfield that's going to take over and maintain most of the workload. It's changed every week, and it's going to continue to do that. But if anybody, I think if I had to pick somebody that's going to, you know, kind of step up and stand out from the crowd, I think it would be Isaiah Pacheco.
0: I have Evan Ingram here at number 16. He's been getting it done on the low uh, over the past several weeks. Um, If you're looking at his his target share, 21% target share this past week, he caught the touchdown. And before that, Evan Ingram has been, you know, pretty consistent you know over the past several weeks let's see so last week four for 55 in a touchdown the week before four for 67 on seven targets the week before five for 40 the week before six for 69 on 10 targets so the dude's gonna the the dude's a tight end one moving forward maybe a top eight top nine tight end at this point right so someone that you should pick up if you need a tight end um you know i was able to use him in the buy and he, he came through for me so evan ingram is somebody that you should pick up if you need a tight end and you could potentially start him every week. And I wouldn't really consider him, you know, de- uh, dependent on the matchup either.
1: No, he's not matchup dependent at all. You know, he perf- he performed well against, you know, Denver and New York. And then he went out and performed just about the same against Houston. And Houston was not a high scoring game at all. Um, if you recall, I think it was the game that finished. Was it like? Was it six to three or something like that i remember it was a really low scoring game um between houston and jacksonville but regardless of the matchup you say yeah he's he's gonna perform he's gonna get it done for each week i think it's funny that we're calling a guy that's scoring like 9 10 11 points on a weekly basis like a tight end one it feels weird but that's just the way things are in, in the nfl landscape right now i think that evan ingram you know trevor lawrence clearly is looking for him even over guys like christian kirk for some reason which i think is a little weird but um If that's where he's going to be, you know, Evan Ingram's going to continue to get these targets, then yeah, he should be a starter. And if you're sitting on your waiver wire, you just, there's no reason to let that go because chances are you you don't have a better tight end.
0: Donovan Peoples Jones, I have him here at number 17. He would be a lot higher if the Browns weren't on bye this week. Okay. Just want to say that right now. Okay. Donovan Peoples Jones, we've been talking about him every week too. Mm -hmm. And somebody that should have been picked up. Okay. Last night, four for 81. The week before six for 71 the week before four for 74 four for 50 five for 71 right he had a couple bad games against pittsburgh and the jets but i think he was hurt if i'm not mistaken and then week one he had 11 targets went six for 60 so the dude is a big play machine okay he's averaging i'm looking at how many receptions yards yards per target he's at 9.1 yards per target he's at 14 yards per touch the dude is getting it done Okay, and uh, when Deshaun Watson comes back, his ceiling goes up even more. Okay, so somebody that is a short term ad and a long term ad, somebody Mm -hmm. who could whose value can go up further. Right. Um, This isn't this wasn't the best matchup for Browns wide receivers in this game against Cincinnati. But he got it done for you. Right. And if you've been if if you've been betting the props on the overs on receiving (laughs) guards every single week with DPJ, you're bringing a lot of money. And he's been winning me money. And that's why I love him. Yeah, so I, I was going to
1: say, not only is he performing for fantasy, but he's also winning you your picks, you know, and the every, single week. Pick yeah. <laughs> every single week, it doesn't matter how many catches he gets, he gets six catches, no. he goes for 71, four for 81, like you said, he's yeah. just getting, he's like chunk yardage, you know, master, you know, he's, don't,
0: he's don't bet the over on receptions, just bet the over on, on yardage, yardage. with, yeah. with people's Jones.
1: Yeah, that's what he's going to be. And people, you know, I think you just mentioned, you know, Deshaun Watson, people don't realize how close he is to returning and that that ceiling could be going up a lot sooner than people realize. You know, I think he comes back, um, is it four weeks out right now? Um, This might be a nice spot. I'm not saying you have to go buy Donovan Peoples Jones because he's probably sitting on the waiver wire, but if you go pick him up, you know, that could appreciate very quickly over the stretch run. I think that you could end up having a nice receiver. And he's good right now, you know. Four out of the past five weeks, he scored over 11 points for you, and he's not getting, like, ridiculous amounts of targets. He is, like you said, A big play machine, and he's going to get it done, even with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback and Amari Cooper doing his thing. You know, he had a good night last night, so he's not dependent on Amari Cooper having a bad night. He's going to produce, you know, week in and week out. He's like the ideal flex play if you don't have any um, higher upside players.
0: We have Greg uh, Dulcich at 18. Um, I would have him over Evan Ingram, but the Broncos are on a bye. This week. Yeah. Um, so just keep that in mind. When you're picking him up, you can't play him this week. Okay. Uh, but he has upside. In his first couple games in the NFL, he's beginning the target share, he's beginning the production. And when a young tight end is coming to league as a rookie, doing that on an offense that isn't producing, you got to pay attention. Okay. So he's mm-hmm. something that you got to pick up. If you need a tight end, Evan Ingram's not available to play this week. You can pick up Dulcich to play uh starting in week 10. That's how I would, I would play it. I have Latavius Murray here at number 19. You know, he's just a running back that you can kind of plug in if you need to. Um, you know, he he gets goal line carries here and there. He's sharing the load with Melvin Gordon right now. Again, the Broncos are on a bye. So if you need a running back for, you know, if, you, if you're just in need of a running back and he's available in your waiver wire, which he shouldn't be in most competitive leagues. But I did see him available in more than 50% of leagues on a lot of platforms. So pick him up. Keep him on your bench. He doesn't have a ton of upside unless Melvin Gordon gets hurt. But, you know, he has, you know, 12 to 15 carries and a potential touchdown in him on a week-to-week basis right now.
1: Yeah, and this is the type of workload you expect from any running back, you know, that's working behind somebody else. Um, This is a committee, you know, even though Melvin Gordon is there, Latavius Murray is going to be able to get it done for you, I think, these couple of next weeks moving forward. I'm not betting on him long-term. I think he's more of a short-term ad for me. I don't think that his ceiling is very high, and I'm not going to be, you know, like – excited starting him in my lineup but if I had to you know I wouldn't be upset about it either I think that he can get it done for you obviously he's had two good weeks um two all right defenses you know the Jets were playing pretty well uh last week the Jags they're, they're in a lot of trouble this season but um at least the way it looked compared to the beginning of the season but I think moving forward that you know Latavius Murray he could be a, he's, he's a solid fantasy producer for you if you need him uh, I, I wouldn't be you know excited about it though if I had to start him
0: no, I wouldn't be excited either. But but if you're in dire straits, you gotta do what you gotta do. Same thing with Caleb yeah. Huntley. I have him here as a short-term ad because you know he's. If you need production at the running back position, obviously, you know if I had to choose between who I want on, on, on in this backfield as of right now, outside of Cordell Patterson, who by the way might be coming back soon. Just keep an eye on that. Yeah. Um you know, you want Tyler Algier over Caleb Huntley, but Algier isn't available on most waiver wires. However, it's it's a near 50-50 split between these two guys. Algier is the primary passing down back between the two. So Caleb Huntley, you know, he can get you 10 to, you know, 15 carries in a game with given how run-heavy this Atlanta offense is. So, yeah. you know, Caleb Huntley can be somebody that you can start uh, in, in a pinch uh, as a, you know, low-end RB3. Yeah,
1: and it's – it's all right to start Caleb Huntley in a pinch if you need to, because you know the Falcons' offensive line suddenly so they're just mauling guys. He ran for 91 yards and 16 carries. That's pretty, it's pretty good clip. You know, I think that's like five, a little over five yards a carry. So I, yeah. I think that Caleb Huntley's gonna be able to get it done for you, even though he's not getting the receiving work. You know, that's clearly gone to Tyler Algier. But um, there he's 16 carries is pretty good. And two weeks ago he had 16 carries as well. You know, it's gonna be a little bit sporadic, you know, his workload. But when he does get it, it looks like he's gonna be able to produce for you at an at a nice rate.
0: He's also going up against the Chargers this week, uh, and we know the Chargers are are the worst rushing defense in the NFL. Uh, you know, when it comes to defending running backs, they're giving up the most yards per carry to running right. backs. So Caleb Huntley, you know, can be a, a decent flex play for you, uh, or you know, a desperate RB two if you need to fill your lineup. Right. All right. Um, and that's pretty much it. That's that's all we got. Those are our top twenty waiver wire pickups. If you have any questions or anything like that, you know we'll be putting up our waiver wire post on Instagram. You can go check out uh, our Instagram page and put your comments there, your questions there. We'll try to get to you. Uh, but but outside of that, that's all we got. So we appreciate you guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys tomorrow for our buy and sell episode. You know Players that we're looking to buy, players we're looking to sell, and, and we'll see you there. Thanks a lot for listening. If you can rate and review the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, that would mean the world to us on whatever platform that you listen on. And take it easy, guys. We'll talk to you soon. See ya.